0: hello and welcome to the bravo outsider podcast i'm your host craig midwinter dylan is out for the next little bit but we're joined by sandy cloak sandy how's it going
1: i'm happy to be here filling in
0: yeah glad to have you we're also very pleased to be joined by nat from the stoned and social podcast
2: i'm ready for any challenge like mary jane i'm called cannabis not canna can't (laughs)
0: <laughs> Very good. <laughs> uh... we're uh we're really excited to have you on here um do you want to just like let our listeners know what your podcast is about if they weren't able to guess from from your tagline
2: (laughs) (laughs) sure i am the main host of the podcast stoned and social and it is a podcast where we get stoned and we get social we cover a lot of things from comedy culture wellness um there's no topic that we won't touch much like munchies (laughs)
0: Awesome. Um, So going into this, I know you you had said that you hadn't seen any of these shows, right? Have you watched much reality TV in general?
2: So I haven't seen any of the Real Housewives series, even though one is filmed here in Washington, D.C. Um, oh. So I see them sometimes filming, and I know about it. And I am very picky about the reality TV that I do watch. So I do watch some reality TV, but I haven't gotten into the Housewives series.
0: Oh, so it was it's probably Potomac that you see around then? Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah, so that just premiered this this weekend, uh, season mm-hmm. eight, I think
3: mm-hmm.
0: Um, one of my one of my favorite franchises, actually, I think they have been like consistently delivering seasons that are well above average for for um, Real Housewives like any one of the members of that cast would be like an all star on any other franchise Ooh, as, as far as okay. I'm concerned.
2: Interesting. Interesting. I have not heard that. I know other people who watch it and a good friend of mine just, um, just I, she's on the bachelor, the golden Rose, I think this oh, year. Wow. And so I can't wait to hear what she has to tell me about this.
0: Oh yeah. I, I have not yet watched the golden bachelor, uh, but I've heard <laughs> nothing but like good things about it from people okay. that like, don't even like, say that they don't watch reality tv that i've had it recommended so um i am i am curious about it just there's so much (laughs) like bravo content on right now it's very hard to like stay on (laughs) stay on top of it
3: Mm
0: -hmm. um awesome so going into this you had no experience with real housewives (laughs) but what what was your kind of preconceived ideas of what these shows were and did they did, like, what you see or what you saw, did it align with that?
2: So I've never seen a full episode, but I've seen clips and things like that over the years. And I remember when this series first, first premiered, and I think I was still in, like, my bad girls phase. So I was still watching that. Oh, so, yeah. I expected a lot more drama than I saw in these episodes. And I think in the beginning, maybe they leaned a little heavier into the like over the top drama. So I didn't see as much drama as I was expecting to see. And um, just some of the conversations they had did not align with what I think they were going to be saying or talking about.
0: Yeah. So there was four new episodes of Real Housewives that aired this past week. That's a lot to ask. Of someone. <laughs> so we said like choose any two. Which which franchises did you watch?
2: So I watched the Beverly Hills and I just was too curious. I watched the Salt Lake City. I was like, I can figure what Miami might be like, but I wanted to oh, see yeah. Salt Lake City.
0: Cool. And let's get right into highlights. So which of these did you find more interesting or compelling?
2: I found the Salt Lake City one more interesting and compelling. And some of it was they seemed to be doing more activities. I liked seeing the shots as well, of the scenery, which kept me uh, engrossed in the episode. But I really liked the dynamic between um, the one family and her son, Jax. I really liked seeing um, them interact, at least the dad. The dad was like just charmed me i love the dad in this um her husband and so i i liked salt lake city better
0: oh yeah that uh there was that one like standout scene where they're going through like his old like memory Mm -hmm, box from mm -hmm, his past mm -hmm, mission mm -hmm. which was Mm -hmm. really interesting and that's one of the things that has consistently come up on uh on our episodes is just how much texture the like the Weird relationship that everyone mm-hmm. has with the, the church in Salt Lake City is and just seeing this um, this dynamic play out within the Barlow family is, is really interesting.
2: Yeah, I agree. I was surprised to see that a show like this had made it to <laughs> Salt Lake City. And so that's part of why I was curious. I wanted to see how they were going to navigate, um, like I said, at least my preconceived notions of this over-the-top drama, decadent stuff within a community that's not known for that. So I was I was pleasantly surprised.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I, I think that, like, Lisa Barlow is someone that has, like, she's – an icon a housewife icon Mm -hmm. but i think that she is a very like memed housewife and uh this season i feel like she's giving a lot more uh depth like there's a lot more of that like personal um relationship with her son that is being explored and we're seeing just like what the uh because she has like she considers herself Mormon and so she like Mm -hmm. has a relationship with the church that is probably stronger than anyone else on the cast because the other people who are Mormon are like Um, Mm ex-Mormon but she has like a her own kind of take on Mormonism which is something that you really like get the sense that is a anomaly like everyone else all the former mormons that are on this show are very um they're very concerned about the rules of like what it means to be a mormon or what it means to not be a mormon whereas lisa kind of picks and chooses but still is like going to church and is a practicing mormon it's uh i think it's a really textured view that we get of lisa barlow as a as a person and, and a character.
2: Mm -hmm. And I was reading that she converted to uh, Mormonism in her youth. And so that was interesting for me to see, because initially, at least, you know, during that really poignant scene that they were having where he was telling him, hey, this is what happened when I went away on my mission. I was immediately like, why is she being so negative? She was like, you might meet people that you don't like, (laughs) that you don't get along with. And his dad's giving him, you know, all of this like hopeful stuff. And so I was like, okay, she's kind of a half glass empty person um but i recognize it as maybe a parental um defense mechanism right she wants to like prepare her son for whatever he might encounter
0: yeah and it seems like it's it is like this effort to like connect and be realistic and be like hey uh, most other like moms within the faith are going to be like gung ho everything is like perfect i'm glad that you're doing this mission she's trying to like give this, like, dose of realism and ha- form this, like, connection with with Jack. But it's, like, it's not working. Like, it's actually <laughs> seems like it's pushing him further away yes, and, like, yeah. disconnecting. <laughs> and it's, like, um, it's a real, like, kind of, like, flip on the kind of the values that you would expect between mm-hmm. a, like, in a parental relationship on – in this, like, cultural setting, like, it reminds mm-hmm. me of, uh, was it uh, Family Ties? Is it the Michael J. Fox oh, one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, where they kind of, like, flipped the script and it was, like, um, you know, they had Michael J. Fox's character was, like, the conservative kid and the parents were, were the hippies. It, yeah. It reminds me <laughs> of that, like, that kind of dynamic.
2: I like that. I like that way of looking at it. I was, for me at least, I, because I don't know any of these women or any of the people in the show, I went and did some research on them. And so I was immediately like, who the heck is this Heather Gay person? Let me go look (laughs) up Heather Gay because she's got a big personality uh, for the show. And so I wanted to read a little bit more uh, about her as well.
0: Yeah. What was your takeaway on her?
2: Um, I, I definitely grew to like her a little bit more as the episode went on. And I know that she'd been in some other housewife episodes. And I believe her cousin is also, you know, part of the house, the housewives um, genre here. And so I didn't, I didn't dislike her as much as I initially thought when she came on Um, because my initial reaction was like, oh my gosh, this, this person. Um, But she kind of grew on me. She kind of grew on me.
0: Totally. Um, What, uh, what, what other highlights did you have from this episode?
2: Um I mean for me I wasn't particularly looking for any highlights um I know you guys mentioned that and so I was just trying to take it all in uh for me like I said the main highlight was I was really impressed with how much family time there seemed to be in this episode and This feels a little bit different than the Beverly Hills or um, maybe other seasons where it didn't seem so focused on the housewives. I was really interested in seeing how things played out with their partners. I know some of them uh, were divorced. And so for me, I was looking at more how these dynamics played out and I wasn't expecting them to seem so normal in uh, in a lot of episodes, but in the Salt Lake City one, particularly, I liked the sense of normalcy that I think at least uh, the the Beverly Hills one <laughs> maybe yeah. didn't have as much of. Yeah,
0: yeah totally, uh, Sandy. What what were your highlights from Salt Lake City?
1: Um, well, on the topic of Lisa, definitely agree. It's very interesting to watch and how hurt she is that jack did not tell them about this mission trip because it was so awkward at the party when Mm -hmm. she said raise your hand how many of you knew before we did like (laughs) ma'am you gotta (laughs) let it go if you
3: like oh but she just
1: can't and that's sort of part of that not working thing like she wants she's trying to make sort of light of it but it's like it's very clear that it's not a light thing for her and and her son is probably just (laughs) gonna keep rolling his eyes so anyway that's why he did it. Um, <laughs> otherwise, we learned something new about Angie. Did you know she's Greek? That is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't watched other episodes, we did know she's Greek, uh, but we learned more yeah, about I about
3: get the feet. feeling.
1: <laughs> um, and the cross-country skiing excursion, I found appalling as a cross-country skier. And I think it's Uh, doing harm to the cause of recruiting others to that hobby because they just they weren't skiing in tracks which makes a huge difference they were just going up some little gross hill and down again it was not didn't look fun those women are never going to do that again and I'm sad because cross-country skiing is wonderful a great way to exercise a great way to enjoy winter and they did not experience that And it's kind of funny just because obviously they're always doing these little, like, activities that are Mm -hmm. kind of silly and just to get them somewhere. But this one was, I mean, I guess as someone who actually finally does one of the activities they do, I was like, whoa, it's just (laughs)
0: down. It was surprising, though, because, like, I guess, I mean, cross-country skiing is very different from downhill skiing, but I feel like... If you live in Utah, you would be yeah. comfortable on skis, and mm-hmm. some of those skills should translate a little bit. <laughs>
1: well, it is definitely different, like, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they looked uncomfortable. <laughs> you need a lesson. Um, um. Oh, and then my my other one was the Marion Whitney lunch, which was just nuts.
3: And mm, mm, full Mary
1: mm. <laughs> full Mary she turned on a dime yeah. there I don't even I don't even understand what happened but she basically came to get takeout in. And- And leave, and I loved it. Yeah,
0: she arrived (laughs) just to leave.
2: (laughs) Thank you. I was confused. I went to go get something to drink. I came back, and I was like, okay, this is on. Something happened. And so I rewinded it, and I was like, what did I miss? Why is she so pissed right now? What did I miss? (laughs) <laughs> is that like a normal thing for for Mary to just flip like that?
0: So she is a little antisocial, uh especially mm. this season that's kind of been like something that she's really um she's really leaned into like okay. not participating in group activities just oh, you know more so okay. than usual, but her and Whitney probably have the like the tensest relationships of all Mm, the people mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. Mary interacts with. There's just like, there's a history there of Mary just like flat out not liking her. So it's kind of a little bit of a perfect storm to get this, this lunch. It's, it's more surprising to me that she showed up for the lunch at all versus, you know, um, you know, just like turning down the invite and waiting to deal with, With Whitney one-on-one and I wonder if maybe she got there and was like uh intimidated by Whitney like I don't know if I can actually take you one-on-one and um because usually there is (laughs) a um it's not that Mary relies on a group to back her up but she she does this thing where she, like, recedes from the group as a ah, defense mechanism. Okay. So, like, if you are wanting to engage with her after she's, like, kind of receded from the group, you also have to remove yourself from the group. And whatever dynamic you have um, that could be leveraged in a group environment is no longer available to you. And I think that <laughs> kind of works for her to kind of maneuver through conflict. And also she just like, she doesn't care what you think if she doesn't, if you don't like her. So um, yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think there was a line that they said, someone said, you know, I'm not your child, Mary and said, thank God you're not. And I was like, Oh, (laughs) like, Oh, this this is biting. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Craig, do you
1: think like, she she often just doesn't come to events, and she often, as you said, kind of leaves or just sits out, which is hilarious. But she just like sits in the van or whatever. How much do you think production is fine with that, and how much do they do you think they sometimes like mm. might say you got to actually attend some filming? So. Like, how do you, what is your take on that?
0: Yeah, I think well, that's why she had to leave the show after season two. I feel like it was because she was just. Like, all the scenes that we saw, for the most part, were her in, like, her her huge closet <laughs> yeah. and, like, in her huge house <laughs> and not, like, leaving. And I don't know if you've read House of Leaves. I'm beginning to wonder if maybe it's a, like, you know, you get lost inside a house that big uh, type situation. But, um, mm. <laughs> yeah, no, she just, like – I. Th- feel like she's doing the bare minimum i think friend of works way better for her than than being a full-blown housewife because she (laughs) is reluctant to share a lot of like personal information she's very like cagey Mm -hmm, around mm -hmm, her mm -hmm. role within the church that she runs and um you know obviously there's question surrounding how much she actually knows about what's going on in her personal life because she didn't realize her son was married for a year. Mm-hmm. So,
3: mm-hmm. um, oh, okay. just what yeah. l- <laughs> I, I
0: think that like, this is a very good amount of Mary. I think it's working really well for yeah. her versus in the, um, in season one and season two, you, uh, you, as a housewife, you're expected to carry a lot more of the show, mm-hmm, right? You mm-hmm. need to give a lot more, whereas this, you can just be like kind of an accent note. And luckily like season one and season two of real housewives with whole Lake city is really good. A lot of that has to do with just the power of Jen Shaw being this like enigmatic force, this like, you know, short fuse and just being like having such gravitas. Um, mm-hmm. But So the seasons themselves didn't suffer, but it was clear that Mary wasn't giving nearly as much as anyone else on the cast, and so she had to go. And it is really great that she's coming back because, you know, in retrospect, when you look back on the seasons that she was on, there's all these, like super memorable moments uh, of that Mary gave us. And like, she did provide value to the show, but she wasn't, it wasn't enough to carry a full story. Like it wasn't enough to really Mm -hmm. give the, the audience something to bite on. So like, it's just the perfect level of engagement for being a a friend of, and I think she's definitely going to be back in a friend of capacity next season. I'll be a little hesitant if it's anything more than that because I think we're getting the the right amount there. And it's like um, it's just enough to really stir up some like some drama when she's, <laughs> she's there and uh, people don't know how to deal with her.
2: And she said something about like, uh people needing to prove to her they have souls before she will associate with them. And <laughs> yeah. I, yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: I was like, okay, sometimes it seems like with these shows they might want to make multiple people the villain, but I definitely felt like Mary's kind of painted as a villain. And you mentioning the antisocialness, I think, is a big factor. You know, if you were an introvert or you're doing this because you want to be with your quote unquote friends, um, I can see having to be on all the time for this would not be something that would be your vibe.
0: Yeah, totally. And especially like, a, a lot of these people are obviously very like image conscious and mm-hmm. um but i think for the most part if you are going to be a housewife on these shows you know that at some point you're probably going to end up getting a villain edit and being <laughs> the the villain and it's mm-hmm. just like these shows do such a good job of capturing um, the ebbs and flows of like where you exist in all these stories that are both internal and external to you as, as a person. And, you know, you're never going to be the hero hundred percent of the time for the sure. most part. And I think that most people understand even as much as they want to like curate their, their image that they are going to have to be the villain at some point. And I don't think that that sits well with Mary because um, and this is something that you wouldn't have been able to pick up on from the context of just this one episode, but sh- her and her husband are like heads of this, like some sort of like Baptist church that is like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so she she doesn't want to be seen as anything like less um, than godly. I think.
2: Yes, yes, I get that feeling. So I used to work on a reality TV show, just you know, on the back end of it. I worked with um, the Real World series, and so I know a little bit about how this editing works. And they will absolutely be like, you know what the people seem like they want more of this from you and they will cut it like that. Right, um, yeah. And so that doesn't always work out for, for people. I do love that uh, Whitney was trying so hard to kiss up to Mary and I was just inside like, no Whitney, don't show any fear to <laughs> Mary at all. Like don't show her fear. That's not how you're going to win her over. Um, so it's just interesting to see how they all do know each other, um, and they are trying to at least I think sometimes come at things um, come to the same thing, but from very different viewpoints, and watching that play out in real time is what is the most entertaining thing about this for the viewers, I think.
0: Yeah, for sure, and also like, um, it's really interesting to watch Whitney work this season. Like, when this scene (laughs) came up, I was wondering, what is whitney's motivation in Mm -hmm. you know getting together with with mary here because um it's it does seem like whitney is trying to shuffle the deck a little bit and um create a new kind of alliance or um i don't know It, it it's hard to Tell at first when the season started, I was like, "Okay, Whitney is preparing for something. She's trying to like shore up, you know, Lisa <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. and and Monica and and Angie and kind of like get an alliance." And I thought it was like to try to go against Meredith. And but now it's like I don't really know what she's trying to accomplish. And maybe it is to just like see what she can get in terms of dirt or um, see what she can. Um, what kind of drama she can create and use that as a catalyst for some sort of attack on either Heather or Meredith? I'm I'm really confused, but it's really fun to watch.
2: You mentioned Angie, and I every solo scene that Angie was in was so long because she talks so slowly. <laughs> <laughs> so so slowly and i was like okay um what's what's angie's deal what's the backstory on angie a little bit
0: yeah so angie was a friend of last season and Mm -hmm. um she had some sort of beef with jen shaw i don't even remember what what was do you remember what angie k's deal was
1: there was something about where she threw Jen a party and they didn't, like, pay her back. That was one part of yeah. it. I don't know if that was the beginning or the middle. They were friends. And then she and threw her a party. There was a miscommunication on if it was going to be, like, a gifted party or not. I don't know.
0: That right. Yeah. And then there was, like, I think Jen Shaw dumped a drink on her at some point and oh, threw oh, her yeah. shoes overboard. On uh, that trip, okay. yeah. Like, Just dumped really, a drink on her head. Yeah.
1: And said, "Oh, it was just a joke. Just having fun, girls' trip. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tea. I was really hoping for a, I've you know, a drink in the face or on the head in mm. some of these episodes because that's what I've grown to know about these shows is that the drama is over." the top like we even someone gifted me some pictures some hand-painted pictures uh for christmas a couple of years ago with the the person yelling and pointing across the table and being like no and with <laughs> where people were doing the cat meme right so i have that in in our in our game room but i i hadn't watched that episode people were just like oh you would love this because this this meme is everything that these shows are about <laughs> um
0: <laughs> yeah that uh so um Kyle Richards and Taylor Armstrong from Beverly Hills are the ones in, in that, that meme. And yeah, they, they do like have over the top explosive blowouts, but um, it's, uh, it's used sparingly or tastefully, I guess Um, they kind of save those moments for when they can have like a real impact and really like, uh, either drive a wedge in a relationship or really shock the viewers i i think that these um and maybe this is just me like over reading the strategy that these people have when they're operating here but i i feel like they you know pick and choose their like tv moments very carefully in order to um Leverage the kind of momentum that they'll get out of the fan base reacting mm-hmm, to mm-hmm, it, and mm-hmm. um, and how they think that it might drive the edit surrounding that moment sure. in their favor, or you know, uh, or against them. There's like definitely housewives that like thrive in that villain role and like having <laughs> you know yes. everyone have be daggers out against them. Um, but yeah, I think they do. Like there is strategy for the most part and when they pick and choose those those moments unless they're just complete chaos queens.
2: <laughs> some some of it seemed like that definitely. I want to know what happens in the next episode because Whitney just kind of I loved when Whitney just drove right past Matt Meredith's car <laughs> in that <laughs> snowbank and didn't stop at all. I was like, oh oh, you're gonna hear about this. you're gonna hear about this. <laughs>
0: yeah this uh this like car accident of meredith is very much being played as like nothing serious and she's so Mm -hmm. choked up about it it's very funny uh sandy did you have any other highlights from salt lake city
1: no i think i think that was it
0: cool yeah i i had a a few more so uh, for one, just like the like the tailgating thing that they set up in mm. the snowmobile after like snowmobiling at this like on the side of the highway or whatever was a very odd setup to me. <laughs> yes. Um yes. but yes. I I thought that the scene that between Angie and her father where she's kind of like talking about her relationship with Sean was very telling and he like, mm. he wasn't there and they hadn't gone on a date in two years. And like, you know, all like altogether, together, any of those like individual things are like, you know, whatever, sh- like shit, shit happens, but all of it at once and her like him coming in and being like sweaty and just like, don't touch me or get near me. I'm going to mm. go up for, for for a shower was, like, I I can see why there is, like, smoke around this relationship. Yes. Yes. uh, (laughs) And just, like, Angie's, like, pained, like, uh do you, do you want some fruit at the end of <laughs> this <laughs> I <was> like oh. <laughs> Are you implying that there's fruit here? <laughs> um but yeah, no, I think that like you guys touched on the fact that the parental relationships are really taking like a front seat at, on this season. I think the the standout for me was the scene at the end between monica and her mom Mm, uh there was just so much going on in there that was being both like said and unsaid and i i want to know what you guys thought about this like where did it land with you emotionally that's
1: a great question
2: I was surprised that they were being that revealing, honestly, Um, because like he said, they're very image focused. And so I wasn't expecting it to be um, it. It seemed kind of genuine. And so I was I was surprised by that. I was surprised they were going to reveal those sort of things while they were having that talk. I thought maybe it would just get pushed off, but it didn't.
1: Yeah, Yeah, what What about you, Sandy? I was going to say, yeah, Monica is a new housewife and she's sort of putting it all out there. That's kind of her thing. And this okay. was a follow-up from the the episode, last episode where, I guess, as they mentioned, at this Greek Easter, her mom was sort of apologizing for her and trying to shush her while she was fighting with Angie. And she felt really betrayed by her mom. And this stems from this obviously their relationship that's very fraught. I'm interested to see it. I think it does feel... I mean it feels it feels authentic but messed up. Like there's layers mm-hmm. here. Like what are we yeah. seeing? You know, and that's mm-hmm. like anything. It's not necessarily because it's on the show. Um we've also like I don't follow a ton, but the mom has been commenting on social media, I think. And Craig yeah. might know more, but I think mm. I heard her saying something like that Monica begged her to go on this show and then is like screwing her over on the show. So there's just so many layers here. It really mm. is fascinating. And The mom seems like a very interesting character. What are her motivations for being on this show? She obviously, as you said, not like cares very much about her image, but it's kind of getting away from her or who knows? I mean, there's so many ways this could kind of go. So it is fascinating.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I I assume there's a lot we're not hearing as well, like that we don't know. Like you said, the layers, I am sure there's so much at play before this show ever got started that they are still working out.
0: Yeah, I I just like instinctively trust Monica. I feel like everything that we have seen from her has indicated that like she's either being very like transparent and laying things bare, she's a little like messy and um I don't get the sense that she is like skilled enough to construct a um you know this like false reality and like put that forward she just doesn't seem like um that's something that she's capable of socially just like even when it comes to how she interacted with like lisa barlow and this the ring earlier in the season and Mm -hmm. just like kind of like burning a bridge with angie who was one of her closest friends for like seemingly no real good reason. I I don't get a sense that she is um, playing the type of chess that you would need to be playing in order to construct no. this no. elaborate of a manipulation, but I do get the sense that her mom is very yes. skilled in manipulation. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, She mm-hmm. is pulling out so many tricks. We have like heard, recounted various stories where she is uh, being extremely selfish and manipulative and yeah. like yeah she's turning on the waterworks yeah, whenever she,
1: oh, she yeah. wants it was like crying it's very fake that that is, is like when i say authentic i mean like this woman is authentically manipulative because that
2: was clearly oh, no. oh, yeah <laughs> oh yes yeah. and you see oh, that yeah. that's what she's always
1: dealing with with monica's dealing with
2: <laughs> It was hard to watch um, at times this, especially this because um, it's like a symbiotic mess between these two. I know some people are going to find this very, very entertaining, but I find this almost too hard to bear because you can see the toxicity between these two. It's such a sad train wreck. And I hope that they work it out. Cause yeah, like you said, the mom is so manipulative. I was like, Oh, don't trust anything out of her mouth Yeah, like, just no Mm-mm. yeah that's what yeah, I was it's trying to think that of, you.
1: oh sorry I was thinking, that's what I was
2: sort of mulling over too as I
1: watched him. like do I enjoy this or is it gone is it a bit too far down that road mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah I I did like enjoy it not as like um I'm so like living for the drama type thing mm-hmm. but I thought that it was just such a compelling scene between two characters. that was so nuanced and it really played into the, the core piece of reality TV that I love is just seeing characters that are so deep that you can't possibly write them. Like obviously there are like reality TV is a constructed environment and there are like storylines that are constructed and fed by like, editors and producers and but still at the core these are people that have their own like human motivations that inform the decisions that they're making within that framework and Mm -hmm. you see you know decades of history between people in some cases especially in this case um it drive the conversation and there's so much like subtext and uh it was just such a emotionally rich scene between mm-hmm. two characters that were that were on the like the journey of just starting to get to know but they have such a like deep history with each other which is something that we don't often see on these shows usually when we see a very like um uh, emotionally heavy uh, scene like this it'll be between cast members that have a lot of history from being on the show for like maybe decades uh at a time together um but these are characters that were just learning about this this season and they've got such rich history together that we're like um it's like being dropped right into the middle of a mm-hmm. book and like trying to pick up on what is going on between these these characters and i i thought it was just so compelling
2: I liked it too because I'm coming at this from a, a different viewpoint. You know, I don't know the background for these characters and how their, you know, their arcs are playing out. And my degree is in, you know, human communication. And I love seeing how these people interact with each other because I think this is what draws people into reality shows, right? It gives us a chance to reflect on what we might do in a similar situation. This can be a good exercise in value exploration for for some people. And then we get to the basic question of self-interest versus self-sacrifice, which is a theme that runs through a lot of reality shows, um, as well as, you know, the bad behavior, the betrayal, competition, and um, things that are really familiar to us. And so we like to see other people in these situations because we're like, would I do that? Would I react like that? Um, and we, we get into the cycle of wanting to root for, you know, like we said, our favorite show participant, whatever that is. It's usually when we're identifying something really compelling within them that we think is a part of us as well.
0: Yeah, totally.
2: Totally, yeah. Uh, did you guys have any other
0: final thoughts on Salt Lake City?
2: Um. No, I... <laughs> I don't think so. I, I just, I think that Lisa is so horrified that he's going to Colombia, and she's not sure <laughs> how to process that. Cause she went from, yay, going to Colombia to, Oh, you might be held up at gunpoint. And so, um, I just think she's having a hard time really settling into that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. She definitely like, um, the delivery on, her confessional line about her friend's like son being held up at gunpoint mm-hmm. every week mm-hmm. in Colombia was like almost like jovial, like she was like saying it in this like excited way, but it was there was like a, a hint of fear behind it, and Horror. Uh, <laughs> it's really really interesting to watch her navigate this situation. Yeah. Um, let's uh, let's move on. You said you also watched uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. What were your initial impressions on this show?
2: Oh, I had so many more notes, <laughs> 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 so many more notes on this show. My initial impression was that I have learned sunglasses are a superpower you can (laughs) say whatever you want as long as you're wearing an oversized pair of sunglasses that's what I've learned um (laughs) it was I didn't see this as much in Salt Lake City and I I'm going to akin this to using it kind of as a shield I felt like things were more off the cuff in the Beverly Hills one. They seemed more comfortable saying some mean things to each other, but they all did it with sunglasses on. (laughs) And so (laughs) it made me feel like they were like, I am going to say these terrible things, but I don't want you to see my eyes while I'm doing it.
0: (laughs) Um, We have seen Angie wear some pretty big sunglasses in Salt Lake City. (laughs) So maybe that explains a a few things. I I'm very much liking this, (laughs) this theory. (laughs) Uh, What what were your highlights here?
2: Um, There was a lot of talk of showmanship and... Using that as an excuse for things, I heard um, one of I, it might have been Dorrit, I can't remember um, who said. You know, I I was up there and I was expected to give them a show, and so that's what I was doing. This was part of the apology that they were they were giving, and it wasn't the only time someone mentioned showmanship in this series, which I didn't hear anything of in, in Salt Lake, which was interesting to me. And I loved the flashbacks with their old pictures uh, of seeing what they looked like before they were real housewives. I love that touch. I feel like that wasn't in maybe the beginning of this series, but it definitely humanizes them even more when you see that when you see them without all the makeup and the glamour and things like that.
0: Yeah, totally um uh sandy what were what were your highlights here
1: uh it was really quick but sutton's uh sexy cat dress that she was bringing to vegas was amazing (laughs) did you guys catch that i would have liked i haven't known about that too i mean maybe we'll see her in it i but wow that was awesome love it we talked about her being we love we me and craig really like sutton and she's a cat lady and she really is like she's okay Hashtag goals for sure. So that's uh, yeah. really cool. Um, and my other, I guess, notable point was so Doreed has this whole PTSD storyline because she got robbed. Mm, Admittedly, mm-hmm. if true, because there are allegations that it might not be, but mm. she got her house got robbed at gunpoint like last season with her kids inside, which legitimately terrifying. But now she's had a relapse of PTSD because she put ten thousand dollars cash in her purse and then just set it down in a shopping cart and wandered around absent-mindedly yes. and then it was taken what a shock so I found that to be a little out of touch that she thought that was I mean I don't I don't know what it's like in Beverly Hills and how people use cash but I would not be shocked if that happened to me and I mean like yeah so
2: Okay. <laughs> that's gonna Chris- happen
0: Christmas presents 10k in cash yeah. for what is she-, yeah, uh, does she like
2: charge it <laughs> what, charge what? that uh, yeah. the thing is <laughs> this is how I even know. So when things make it out of the real housewives um like bubble of awareness because I work in media so I get I get dribbles of stuff. I heard about that. I heard about mm-hmm. her being robbed. I heard that there was no security cams um and so it I just it was lucky that I knew about that when I saw this episode and when she was talking about, you know, I was walking around the store and then I realized my purse was gone. I was like Oh my God! This has to be this like you can't be this dumb. Yeah. You can't be this absent-minded. Um, and that lets you know the value of of money for them. You know, maybe we would do that with a hundred dollars, but yeah. they're like ah, ten k in my, you know, no big deal. I mean, but, not no big but deal. It's, but it's not, obviously a big deal, but
1: but it's not no to, big deal because she's in the store. She's like, if it was no big deal, that's one thing we can make fun of her for her privilege, etc. But she's now saying this is. PTSD, but I mean, mm-hmm. like anyone's gonna get followed if they see you doing that. Like it's not about you, really. Like, they're not. Oh going, yes. Like <laughs> it's just like. She's it is a big deal, <laughs> not you
2: specifically. <laughs> yeah, you're a target. Yeah. yeah, when you're when you go to an ATM and get out that much cash and then put it in your purse and walk around, uh, it doesn't take long for someone to, f- to figure that out. And at least, uh, when I used to live in Beverly Hills, you know, everyone people are gonna know these uh, people on the show, they're gonna see them, and that in itself makes you a target. And so, you have to be even extra careful when you're out there, even if you are in in Beverly Hills. Uh,
1: Craig, your your point, like like, Christmas presents, sorry, I might be on a lie. What is she actually buying in cash? I didn't even think of that part. Like what is, what is happening?
0: Yeah. This, like this is money that was meant to disappear in some way. Maybe it did like actually (laughs) legitimately get stolen. Um, But $10,000 in cash for Christmas presents is not that's not a a thing like why would you take out ten thousand dollars in cash for christmas presents like (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't make any sense i can't even theorize a reason why you would take out that much money in cash especially on under the condition that it is for Christmas presents? Christmas presents, yeah.
2: <laughs> yes. Yes. That's what I was trying to understand. I just couldn't wrap my head around the yeah. logic. And then at a moment, I was like, it just wasn't logical, Nat. Like, you just got to let it go. It was not a logical <laughs> decision. And that's why it didn't turn out logically. And so um, I was a little surprised by that. I was like, there's no way you didn't think this through. But... Maybe she didn't think it's
0: I think there is something sketchy going on with Dorit that mm. we're only getting like weird glimpses of. I don't know why she is um determined to bring it up on the show because yeah. it seems mm-hmm. like something just don't. very shady is happening with their their money.
2: <laughs> I wonder if they've got insurance frauds or anything like that?
0: Yeah, that's kind of what I am thinking, but it seems, like, very messy the way that, that it's happening. But, yeah, that's, I don't know. I don't have any proof. Who am I?
2: We don't Just have any proof. I mean, they don't, don't either. either.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes. Allegedly. allegedly. The thing
2: is, <laughs> I wanted to look it up. I was like, their house is worth six point four seven million dollars like it's it's and there are no cameras and so this to me is what gives me the skepticism because i'm like if that did happen you would be on even more high alert than usual from then on um so yeah i don't i don't know what's going on i might check back in with you guys um in a couple months and see (laughs) how that played out because i i also got the feeling that something was very weird happening
0: yeah and i mean there's always been rumors floating around about pk and dorit and like Mm -hmm. having some weird like financial relations and debt and stuff like that he's weird so he's weird yeah i i get a bit of a weird vibe (laughs) from from him um speaking of dorit just quickly what do you guys think of her like fashion in general
2: it's kind of basic.
0: Yeah. The, she the, needs-
2: she's she's the one who did the pretty woman thing right that he yeah. bought her <laughs> dress don't even get me started on that and then dance to top guns so, like <laughs> yeah. there was so much between those two and i know that uh, my husband's english and so i do know who he is already i do know that he he's our rival team in the house um he used to own tottenham and so oh. he has a lot of money yeah and They use it in such a weird way. I would have been so offended if my husband was like, oh, let's do a pretty woman surprise thing. But (laughs) um, it was just her anxiety that was getting (laughs) the best of her. It wasn't the theme. It was the anxiety.
0: That scene was incredible. This whole, like, pretty woman thing and her just, (laughs) like, first (laughs) being, like, worked up about the kids, which I, like that's understandable, but then, like, getting worked up about the glam, at first I was like, oh, this is, like, this is, like, ridiculous, but then, like, when she came out, it was not a good look in my opinion i'm not like a fashion expert at all but i was like okay that like she does look kind of bad so i can see (laughs) why she would be like upset about having (laughs) what is like set up to be you know if you watch hallmark movies there's always like this like cinderella moment and it was very much set up like that for her to come down the stairs like that and just like looking like you know
3: yeah uh
0: sort of like julia roberts in pretty woman but like pre the, the <laughs> whole, like, glow up. <laughs> they put
2: the two pictures side by side, which I appreciated. I was like, go ahead, bravo, yeah. do that. But they're like, just in case you are unsure what it's meant to look like. But I definitely, um, I put in my notes here that I felt uncomfortable with that in the sense that i was like i'm i think we're peeking in on someone's like sexual fantasy i don't think we're supposed to be <laughs> here for this role play that pk is trying to do because he's like i'm gonna dress you up in this i'm gonna give you this necklace and um we're gonna dance to this song from top gun <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it just seemed so it was very particular for a surprise for her yeah
0: yeah and very, like, uncomfortable, like, dress, dressing her up specifically how yeah. he wanted, but not giving her the, like, the tools or the freedom that she <laughs> would want in order to, like, make herself feel good about it. Is good, like,
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, I yeah. mean, <laughs> like, he was, I guess, trying to do something fun, but it was really not thinking about, about no, her. It was, her, like, no. very evident from the planning. <laughs>
1: She specifically is very, very, I mean, they all are focused on their looks, but like she fashions her thing. It's her language, blah, blah, blah. Like she, Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. is absolutely kind of like Lisa when Lisa in uh, Salt Lake City previously when she didn't want to have anyone, you know, she didn't want to dress up in drag. She just needed control over her looks and grades very much like that. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know that about your wife and he's like, well, it was a surprise, but I mean, you know, what kind of surprise your partner's going to enjoy. So, Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, and yeah, that necklace
1: yeah, yeah. was like a red that like clashed with the. Did, is that was that from the movie? Because that looked awful. Uh, that red necklace yeah. that clashed with the red dress, like. Wooey. She was very yeah. gracious. I feel Ew. actually, all things considered.
0: Yeah, totally. She and was, like, she was when she was talking about like I don't know, was it the like the the toner or something that she the bronzer? Did, yeah, by like. Beverly Beach by Dorit that she didn't have. I'm like, oh, this is just her, like, wanting to plug her own thing. Then when she came out, I was like, oh, no, actually that, (laughs) like, that is, like, a valid thing. (laughs) And I am not, like, the... Of person that picks up on these things. So I, I was like, okay, yeah, there's definitely something like very off, almost like uncanny valley about this look. It's not. It, this is not a Dorit look.
2: It's a Halloween oh, costume
1: no, that she would I, never choose.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> there was one couple that kept calling each other Bubba I, a lot. Um, I kept hearing like was- the the Bubba all the times, And I was like, is this a nickname that they use with each other? Oh, um,
0: who was that? I, I didn't pick up on that. That's
1: And I think
2: she calls him Bubba. Oh, it them? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think so. Yeah. 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 They're, they're an odd pairing. Um, just on the surface. Anyway, I don't know too much about them as individuals, but they seem really weird together. I Googled and saw that they've only been married since, um, 2015 i believe and that's because they showed us you know all these over-the-top surprises that he likes to to do for her you know and and she does for him and they're landing helicopters on you know yachts and things and so um i'm curious what the longevity of these two are going to be
1: well it seems like they're having some troubles yeah.
0: yeah, that's the
2: speculation oh. online. Oh, okay, okay. This is all clicking in now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they all okay. seem like a pretty solid couple, though. Like, overall, I mean, I don't know. I don't think I've overthought it. But they seem like a weird match, but a good one. And now this is sort of, now they're bringing up in a storyline that they're having marital troubles. But it's not going to compete with, uh, with Kyle and Mauricio's marital troubles. Dorit, sorry.
0: Well, yeah, but that's another couple that Ooh. seemed, like, so solid, and that's why it's such a, a shocker, right? Mm. Like, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I, like, they are kind of, like, the last people that I would mm-hmm. expect to be having issues of all, like, the Bravo couples, Kyle and, and Mo. Um, but, like, not not the last people that I would expect to, like, pull a stunt like separation, so um, that's why I kind of lean towards maybe that's more what what's going on. But um, yeah, no, I I feel like Dorit and PK, like you said, they did seem fairly solid. But you know, looking back on that, it through the lens of uh, Pretty Woman, um, it does seem like PK maybe has a tendency to be a little. Selfish, especially like when Dory's talking about, you know, PK really not spending that much mo- time at home when she was struggling mm-hmm. from PTSD after this incident and um, just kind of being a little unavailable. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I can I can see like maybe they are just they've been good at kind of hiding things or um, I haven't been that good at like picking up on on things.
2: Well, I also know that his ex is um an American presenter named Rachel um, Uchel, and she very much looks like a of julia roberts a little bit uh she's (laughs) people have said that to her before and so i found that interesting that he went with this pretty woman thing Uh um because yeah i was like is this the first time he's he's doing this um she's mentioned before his ex has mentioned before just how much uh, money he you know threw at her kind of in a similar way from what i was seeing it's just, um, it's almost like he was treating her like a doll. Um, like, you know, I'm going to dress you up and put you in this situation. Um, like, I see him as a little bit selfish. You guys mentioned, like, he just kind of was like, I'm going to pick this for you and not even even consult you or take her out and let her pick a red dress like a couple of months before and use it for a surprise. But um, yeah, they're they're interesting. I want to see... What happens? Because I don't know them from anything. And they're the ones who I was like, okay, something's a little odd about um, their interactions.
0: Oh, that's interesting. The uh, the note about PK's ex. Yeah. And is mm-hmm. really adding some color to the Mystic Pizza valve renewal that we'll be getting. It's another Julia Roberts movie,
3: so maybe that's it. Sorry. Yeah. It's okay.
0: It's okay. Um, (laughs) uh, What other highlights did did you have, Nat?
2: I was definitely surprised to see what I kept referring to colloquially as like the staff of each of these housewives. I didn't see it in Salt Lake City, but in the Beverly Hills one, all of them had like an assistant, a stylist, a makeup person. Um, And I was like, okay, this is just their little... Entourage that you know helps them get ready for this show and just be be presentable for it. Um, you guys mentioned Sutton, mm-hmm. and I think Sutton's hilarious. Um, I kept being like, Does Sutton know that she's on? Real Housewives, um, <laughs> the the matchmaker that oh, is yeah. now um, helping her definitely is going to have their work cut out for them <laughs> because I don't even think that it's that she's too picky she's just an oddball, right? She's just a goofball. And I don't think people really expect that from someone like her. And so they don't know how to act. When I saw those flashbacks of her on her dates being like, my foot's itchy. I've got neuropathy (laughs) and stuff. I'm like, you wouldn't expect that from someone like this. And so, I really hope that the matchmaker can pick up on that, that I think she's looking for someone who has a sense of humor, um, but isn't going to be intimidated that she is a real housewife. I know that she was like, we're not going to talk about wealth right now, but, um, I want to see who they pick for these dates. Cause she said, we're going to, I'm going to bring you three bachelors and you're going to pick which one you want to go out on date with. So I can't wait to see what they pick for her.
0: Yeah, totally. And, uh, that flashback of her on that date was very endearing. I think like I've, I've said that, you know, one of the things I love about reality TV is that you, you typically get like such a spectrum of human emotion and personality types on these shows. But one thing that you don't often see is kind of like a nervous or anxious energy Mm -hmm. just because, you know, people that have, those traits typically shy away from being in Mm -hmm. front of the camera, which is like understandable, but you know uh, Sutton and like Jenna Lyons on Real Housewives of New York, they are in front of the camera and giving that. And it is just like, it really makes them characters that you want to root for. There's like this humility that come that, that they exude that you don't get to see um, in other personalities that, gravitate towards these roles
2: totally yeah yeah i like that and i noticed that i think that's why sutton was probably my favorite of the beverly hills housewives i have seen garcelle in so many um like background acting roles so i was like whoa i didn't know that garcelle was going to be on this show and then um i don't know i wasn't really a fan of garcelle um (laughs) yeah i don't i don't know i didn't like i didn't like her reaction to her son when he was trying to have like a serious conversation with her um
0: yeah she did kind of like fumble that i i do like garcelle i um uh when she first uh, this is like her third season on but when she first came on i recognized her because i was a big fan of nypd blue and she was great mm -hmm, great on mm -hmm. that um uh, and her first season, I thought like she wasn't really giving a lot. It seemed very removed from the rest of the group. Mm, um, mm-hmm. And then the next season and, and maybe this is her fourth season now. I don't know, but she like, she has been giving a lot more and I've like liked okay. her and um, her and Sutton, I think have a really good dynamic between each other. Um It's, I am curious as to how she feels um, and how she's gonna talk about this season and her family on the reunion because I get the sense that she might be a little like caught off guard by how this is coming across in the end because mm. I agree it does seem like she is not really handling this. As well as you might expect mm-hmm, someone mm-hmm. to. I
2: got that feeling too. But like
0: that is that is just the way that things are in in life. And you like, you know, it's something that the reality TV cameras, you know, do a good job of like capturing that. And, you know, it, it wasn't an absolute like, it wasn't absolutely the worst way. Um, you can tell that we're seeing in this episode that she is... Um, she's got regrets that seem Mm -hmm. to be like, uh, she has some regrets about how she has handled that conversation and the, you know, the situation leading up to it. And, um, it's, it's going to be something that I'm interested to see how it plays out through the rest of the season.
2: Yeah. I liked that too. I felt like that was a really real realization for her. I think she was being genuine when she was, Having a little cry saying, you know, she had reflected more on her reaction or her response to him. And I liked that. I liked that this show... It, you know, hopefully it, this isn't like a one off, but I like that it didn't shy away from showing that vulnerability that she was expressing and it didn't feel exploited like some of the other things I've seen. And um, just showing that these people, you know, for all their flaws, they are capable of real growth and real change. And sometimes we are going to be privy to that, which is a treat.
0: Yeah. And like, as as a parent, I relate to like, I haven't had to deal with anything at the scale of what Garcelle has. But, you know, kind of scaling that down to just like situations where my kids are fighting, and maybe I don't handle it as well as I like, would have liked to, in retrospect, like, I can relate to that feeling of being like, oh, I wish I had done this better today, or I wish I'd done that better today, just as, as a parent. So um, that kind of like parental anxiety, I think is something that you don't often see captured on television. Mm -hmm. Cause it's really hard to state in a, an honest way, I think. Um, But yeah, no, that's um, it is something that is like, one of the elements that I think is really compelling about Garcelle so far this season. And we're really early on in the season too.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. This was episode two that I watched, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Yeah. I, I liked this. I mean, there was a little bit of drama in this episode, but I, I liked that this did not, Give me what I was expecting. We all think we're going to get the the drama with these shows. Um, because that's what causes those physiological arousals, which raises our heart rates and um, stimulates the production of all these endorphins and keeps us coming back to these shows. But there wasn't as much drama as I was prepared for, especially given it's Beverly Hills. I was like, oh, this one's gonna be gonna be so over the top. I want to see the next one where they go to Vegas
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> because
2: i can tell vegas is gonna be a bit of a shit show I can yeah. really tell <laughs> it looks like it's
0: shaping up to be a banger of an episode the stinger that we got at the end like i am very curious as to what is setting sutton off because like they, they, kind of imply that it's like this implied act of oral sex on Erica from the Magic Mike people that is setting setting her off, which I don't imagine is what is actually causing I her to be upset. That. But
2: did didn't <laughs> I think it's that?
1: Like I heard some, it was a Kyle or someone saying like in that preview. I could be wrong, but. I'm like, are you mad they didn't choose you to go up because you're also wearing pants? Because okay. they were talking about wearing pants, I guess, <laughs> if you want to go on stage. And I was just like,
2: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so... I don't know Sutton's whole history, but in this episode, she mentioned uh, with the matchmaker that she's kind of modest and that she doesn't like to show off a lot of skin. And then they showed that adorable cat sweater of hers that she wore. <laughs> and so I don't know if she's ever been to one of these shows. You know, she asked if Channing Tatum was going to be there, so I get the feeling that maybe she hadn't. And so I'm wondering if it was just too raunchy for her. If she just wasn't expecting that. But it'll be more funny if she's upset that she didn't get chosen yeah.
1: and the fact <laughs> yeah, that those definitely. are the two options and they're completely on the other <laughs> side of the spectrum so we'll see
0: <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to that and next week and this is like very fun coincidental timing our guest next week is a youtuber named zach frazier who uh first came onto my radar from this video essay he did about how like um, positive masculinity is portrayed within Magic Mike XXL. Very good YouTube video. I recommend it. Um, so I'm excited that we're going to see some drama surrounding Magic Mike and have someone that has, you know, some, uh, cultural context surrounding those movies mm-hmm. to, to weigh in on it.
1: That's great. Very, cool. uh, very
0: nice. Sandy, what, uh, what were your highlights from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills?
1: I think I already, I already, I started with the cat dress. And the 10K in the purse. No?
0: Oh right, I'm good. yeah, <laughs>
1: that's <was>
0: about <laughs> it for me. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that we covered most of my uh, highlights as well. Um, there were two other notes that I had. One was this uh, this lunch between uh, Crystal and Rob mm. and her brother. Uh, I just really liked the um, her brother kind of grilling her about. You know, well, if I brought home a girl mm-hmm, that's 20 mm-hmm. years younger than me, would you welcome her with open arms? And Crystal's, like, so reluctant to say yes, even though that's the exact dynamic that she <laughs> has with Rob, like, right down to the, like, power dynamic of, you know, her brother being, mm-hmm. like, a famous pop star mm-hmm. with all yes. this, like, cultural uh, currency. And, you know, Crystal's husband, Rob, was directed The Lion King, and has mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all of this cultural currency and so you know the fact that it would make her uncomfortable to see her brother be on the upper end of that power imbalance in a romantic <laughs> relationship was interesting um you know in how it kind of reflects on maybe her relationship with with Rob and how she feels about that retroactively and i they seem like they've got a very like solid <laughs> relationship as well. But um, the fact that there's a little bit of a discomfort in, you know, looking at that power dynamic Mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. an abstract is really interesting that she's able to kind of, you know, flag that as immediately not passing the gut check.
2: Yeah. They had interesting responses to that as well. She agreed. She was like, oh, you know, it'd be – she did reluctantly agree, but then she threw out all these qualifiers. She was like, she's got to be this, that. And then she slipped it in. I don't know if you guys heard it, but she said, she's got to be perfect, yeah. is what she said. <laughs> and I was like, well, geez, no pressure. Yeah. But her husband spun it and was like, you know, if – if if she's as mature and bright and et cetera as your sister, then yes. And so I love that he took it, but I think she definitely probably bumps up against um, getting flack for that 20 year age gap a lot yeah. and is very defensive about it. And at least given what she shared, you know, she could, she she's okay. As long as this person is perfect, it tells me that she's not really reconciled how she feels about that age gap between the two of them.
0: The, yeah. And the way that, uh rob handled that situation like with like he his answer was perfect mm-hmm. to the point where mm-hmm. it almost felt prepared Rehearsed. And, <laughs> yeah and like he was able to deliver it very convincingly and charismatically and like it was almost too perfect like <laughs> i don't know mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. very very charismatic and someone like he just kind of has a look about him where he looks like he might be kind of a more awkward guy in terms of how he (laughs) navigates things, but very, very smooth and very like, Oh yes. Very cunning seeming.
2: I just love that Crystal's brother's looking for a woman and Sutton's looking for a man. Oh yeah. Make it happen.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I, I would be into that. Um, (laughs) I I think yeah this the Sutton matchmaking scene we touched on a lot of the 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 notes that I had about it. Um, I did like how Sutton kind of like flipped the trope where she was like, yeah, I I am looking for a strong man. But it's not because, you know, I want someone to, like, take care of me and be a protector. Mm -hmm. It's because otherwise I'm going to eat him alive. Um, (laughs) I really liked her putting that out there. And she does have, like, she does have a very very straightforward way of operating. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's very believable. And I like that she is putting some thought into both like what her wants are and also how, like realistically how she navigates through life and what's going to be effective here. So um, this did seem like a authentic um, attempt to find a connection maybe. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the other scene that I had noted was the dinner, uh, Portia's birthday party with uh, Kyle and Mo kind of getting into a tiff and uh, Kyle spilling to uh, Mo's parents about (laughs) the fact that he has a a tattoo. tattoo. Um, (laughs) This was the first time that I have seen uh, between Kyle and Mauricio, there's been so much buildup going into the season about her... And his relationship being, like, on the rocks. This is the first time that I'm like, okay, this, like, this is, like, two people that are not connecting right now. Just, like, Mm. bickering. Um, And it was, um, yeah, I, I thought that, you know, Mo is someone that you don't really see get upset very often. And he was legitimately Like he seemed legitimately pissed off and for good reason. I think like, yeah, it's his body, his choices, his parents. Mm -hmm. Like who is she to like say this? And at least she kind of like recognized that. I think it was maybe in a confessional. She recognized it. But um, at the time it seemed like it didn't seem like a mistake. It seemed like it was done intentionally out of spite. Mm -hmm, Like mm -hmm. it was, um, you know, yeah, that's just my thoughts on that.
2: I got that feeling. She definitely was ready to just wreck his entire world. And I was like, wow, you're so wrong for this, Kyle. Um, but but like you could tell in the moment, at least, was like, I don't care. But in the confessional, I was like, okay, you do know what you did was not okay.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, cool. Well, that, I think, covers Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Um, Sandy, did you check out Real Housewives of Miami?
1: He did, yeah.
0: Yeah, before we cut things off here, I do want to quickly just talk about some highlights there. Uh, what, what were your highlights from the premiere for Real Housewives of Miami?
1: Um, yes, uh, I found Adriana showing up to that lunch. Was it with Marisol? Alexia. Alexia, wow. Okay, anyway, in a <laughs> peace costume and a white flag was a bit white much. flag yeah. like i get that it's campy and jokey but anyways i mean she's a, she's a fun person to have on this show she's a weird villain she doesn't seem to be necessarily doing yeah. it on purpose but she fit, fulfills it well and i think she deserves to hold whatever they hold because she does bring it with her messy weirdness she's caused a lot of drama so anyway that was a bit much yeah Totally.
0: <laughs> I, I think that this was like a definite highlight cause it is, she is so unserious about this and like, you know, it was like, Alexia does have like a legitimate complaint with Adriana. Like, like Adriana was like very hurtful towards her. So um, yeah, I I think the fact that she was just very like blowing it off and <laughs> dressed as like a, a hippie or whatever doing the like and doing the <laughs> waving the white flag. It was, um, yeah, d- not the, the move for like actually making a legitimate effort at an emotional apology. But I really appreciate it. I think that, you know, she's very, like you said, a very interesting villain.
1: And I appreciate that Alexei didn't even know the white flag re- reference at all. So it actually kind of ruined her things.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Never heard of a white flag. <laughs> um, otherwise, <laughs> I, one of my highlights was, and I didn't catch this in real time, but I guess Todd made this really long apology to uh, yeah. Nicole's <laughs> husband, which is kind of whatever sounded kind of lame. Everyone had a few comments about that, how it was really long winded and didn't need to be public And then on top of that, he totally just bails on the party out of embarrassment about it. So I thought that was a highlight because that's like really upping your game. Like you could just he said something at one point was like, I'm not going to I'm not going to like think about the apology anymore. That's that's over and done with. And I was like, "Okay, that's a great attitude. You know, maybe it was a little lame, but it was fine and whatever. Moving on. But no, he's like, but I will also avoid all of your friends because I don't want to have to talk about this apology. (laughs) And then Alexia makes that very clear in her speech, which was helpful to (laughs) us at the party. So I enjoyed
2: that. It was like (laughs) nine
0: minutes was apparently the runtime of this apology (laughs) video. And that's, that is long
2: minutes. Wow. (laughs) So yeah, he
1: didn't tell Alexia and she's like, I probably would have told him not to, or like, you know, get someone to edit that down to like, one minute maybe maybe 15 seconds maybe then (laughs) or just send it to him (laughs) as they said (laughs) wow yeah that must have been quite a day of him creating that um yeah (laughs) and my other highlight was the preview for i maybe not next episode but i guess it was like season coming up this season with Just the editing, the beauty of that scene on the boat where they were like screaming (laughs) and crying and that band was like floating along with them. It was just beautiful art and I (laughs) cannot wait. (laughs) I really appreciated the work the editors did there.
0: Yeah, they are bringing it. This is a great cast. Miami is, I don't know if it's premiering on Bravo now, like weekly or if it's still relegated to like uh paramount plus premiere but it is like a top rate real housewife franchise this is like such a good cast um i i had a lot of highlights i won't get into all of them because um we're running long on time here but um the one like standout new character was lisa's new boyfriend i just got like immediate dirtbag vibes from this guy <laughs> and i don't know if that's just me or but every time like they they cut to him it was just he seemed i don't know there's like one time where lisa was like oh nobody nobody looks at me the same way as as joey and then they like immediately cut to her like trying to embrace him, and like he's like not even looking at her. And- oh,
2: I saw a picture of him. <laughs> he's very dirt baggy. I I don't know if it's the the the, the manicured like chops or what, but you're you're not far <laughs> off. Don't don't worry. Okay,
3: yeah,
0: I, he's I from th- Canada
2: though, so i feel being mean to him. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: I wonder <laughs> where in Canada that makes a huge difference. <laughs> Definitely not winnipeg i can't
1: believe lisa's from canada she does not scream canada to me oh she's from canada too yeah she's from toronto she said like she's like, he's from canada too she's she's canadian oh
2: i didn't realize that she feels wow
1: yeah but i mean there you go
2: yeah, and he's a Harvard graduate. In case you guys wanted just a little more nugget uh, from him, he got his BBA um, from a school and then went to a masters wow. at uh, yeah Harvard. So he just he he just gives me like a Lego guy kind of look. He just looks like he's yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> totally. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think we covered most of what uh, I want to talk about, we won't do a full deep dive into uh, real housewives of Miami this week. I think we'll probably like retrace a lot of what happened during this, this party uh, next week in, in the episode when we kind of get the, uh, the fallout for it. I really liked how this episode was edited with the like, you know, two days later, one day prior, just this kind of um, uh, non-sequential storytelling that that i really liked um but yeah i think i think that's uh about it for me um Thank you so much for doing this, Nat. Uh, Do you want to let everyone know where they can find you?
2: Yeah, and thanks for having me. This definitely is not something I normally watch, but I had fun watching it and kind of, you know, picking up things that I have no context for. And like I said, I'm going to check in with you guys on some of these relationships and see. Yeah, (laughs) totally. Totally. (laughs) <laughs> fared um you guys can find me on instagram we have our account there which is stoned and social like rock and roll or you can visit our digital crib which is www.stonedandsocial.com we put something out every wednesday at four twenty.
0: awesome yes. and mm-hmm. sandy how about yourself
2: I am on Instagram at corporeal curios.
0: Awesome. That's been Bravo Outsider for this week. You can find us online at Bravo Outsider on most social media handles. We're also on YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe. That helps us out a ton. You'll get alerts whenever we post new videos. Um, You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a rating and a review. Until next week, keep on wiping.